Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Well, hey everyone, what is going on? It's a new year, new you, and new podcast format. Uh, we have recently been picked up by an incredible platform called Charisma. And for the literally millions of people who listen to podcasts from Charisma, thank you for having us. And we've also picked up some sponsors along the way that will help make the show happen. Today, we're sponsored by Growmentum, an organization that helps churches reach their full potential. Personally, I love this group. We've benefited from them and their work and their leaders for years. And you can find out more at growmentumgroup.com. Uh, they help you work on the church, not just in it. Uh, just a great, great team that you would love to have partnered with your church. And they work with all different sizes of churches, and they're just amazing. We're also sponsored today by Stadia Church Planting Group. Uh, recently, Stadia uh, came out and decided to cut their fees to zero in order to be able to plant more churches by not uh, hindering churches with kind of a, uh, a bill for helping them get started. Uh, they want to free up those funds so those churches can start more churches and they're just doing great work for the kingdom. And if you're interested in planting a church, you can check out stadiachurchplanting.com. And if you're interested in planting a church in California, call us here at Real Life Church because we work with Stadia uh, to help plant churches and we're on a mission to plant 30 churches or campuses by the year 2030. Love to have you in on that if that is you. Well, today we jump into our discussion of what prayers to pray in 2021. Here we go. Today I want to talk to you about three prayers I'm praying for 2021, and I want to invite you to join me. These three simple prayers will exponentially help your prayer life and our world, and you'll see God work. I think you'll like what he says. Andy Stanley says, when we see as God sees, then we'll do as he says. Something about getting from his perspective allows us to understand things a lot better. Oftentimes when I perform premarital counseling, I'll talk to a couple and say, have you ever watched the Thanksgiving parade at Macy's? And of course they've seen it, you know, a time or two. And I'll say, you know, if you're standing at the ground level and you see floats go by, they look enormous. But if you go up a few floors in Macy's, they don't look so big. You go up a few more, they look small. In fact, distance and perspective gives us a new way to see things. Oftentimes, it's hard for us to understand what we're going through and what's happening. But when we can see as God sees, we're more likely to do as he says. And it gives us peace in the process. You see, when it comes to our prayers, we all have our hopes and dreams. We've got those kind of prayers. Help me, bless me, protect me. I have those as well. My daughter's going to college. Uh, I pray for my mother and my in-laws. I pray for my sister. I pray for her kids. I pray for our church. On and on it goes. But I want to step back a bit, and I want to pray a bit broader group of prayers. Over the last three years, I've spent a lot of time thinking and talking and writing about prayer. My book, After Amen, came out in October, and it seemed to be at just the right time, as we were all wondering where God was when we prayed. If you haven't picked that up, I encourage you to do so. It really is my favorite writing I've ever done, and really is kind of my uh, uh, contribution to the world of understanding prayer, because it took me a long while to figure out 
Where is God when he seems to be silent? And what is it we're supposed to do while we're waiting on God? So as I've walked through this, uh, one of the principles I've learned through the After Amen pilgrimage was this idea of align with the why. In the book, we talk about seven things that you can do while you wait on God. And one is to ask this question, is this something God would want to say yes to? Would I align with his purpose, his why in this world? Henry Blackaby, years ago in his uh, phenomenal work, uh, Experiencing God, said, don't pray for God to bless what you're doing. See what God's blessing and join him in that. And so I've gone back to that mentality with these three prayers, and I began by looking at the prayers that Jesus prayed in John 17. Here's the setting. Jesus has just had the Last Supper with his disciples. These prayers are prayed in their presence. These prayers are prayed somewhere in between here and Gethsemane. These prayers are prayed before he's arrested and he is brought to trial and killed. This is what Jesus says to his father. It's the longest prayer we have recorded by Jesus. He says this, Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. These are amazing words from Jesus. And he is praying these prayers for those he leads. And so here's my first prayer I want to pray in 2021. Will you protect those I lead from the evil one? I often pray that my kids will be protected on their way to school. My wife will be protected as she's out driving around. That our families will be protected from sickness and COVID and health issues. But do I pray for them to be protected from the evil one? Do I pray for the staff that I work with at Real Life Church to be protected from the evil one? Do I pray for our parishioners, those who call our church home, to be protected from the evil one? And what about for you? Do you pray for your family more than just help them get into a good school or help them to have a good day? But do you pray for their protection from the evil one? And this is exactly what it is that Jesus is praying for, for his disciples, that they would be protected from the evil one. Notice, he doesn't pray for them to be protected from the world or from all harm, because they're going to face harm. All of them will die a martyr's death, save one. But from what the evil one can use the world or harm for, to draw them away from God. Recently, I watched a movie that came out probably four or five years ago. The movie was uh, uh, kind of a psychological thriller, uh, twists and turns called Prisoners. I don't necessarily recommend it due to the language and content, but I do find something that the 
brought about to be very fascinating. There was a couple who had begun abducting children some 20 years ago and doing so to cause people who had put their faith in God to stop believing in God when their child wasn't returned. Now, it's kind of a sad and morbid kind of way to think, but I understand what that person was saying. When things go drastically wrong in our life, oftentimes we assume we've done something wrong or God's done something wrong, and thus we lose our faith. I want to pray for the people that I lead, not that they wouldn't undergo difficulty, because all of us will, and there's no need to lose my faith. The prayer is that the evil one won't use it against them, so they lose their faith. Are you praying for those that you lead from the evil one? Hey, let me interrupt this podcast to let you know some exciting news. My latest book, After Amen, is now on Audible. Uh, I know some of you would prefer to listen rather than to read, and you do that on a treadmill or on a commute or on an airplane or maybe going to sleep. Well, I sat down several months ago and read this book out loud, and our amazing team here with the podcast got it up on Audible, and you can now buy it today. So for those wanting to read it, but to do so on the run, now you can. So download today through audible.com or amazon.com. All right, back to the show. Are you praying for those that you lead from the evil one? Well, what about the second prayer? Will you advance your kingdom? This is the second thing that Jesus prays. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I mean, he's talking now about us. All who will believe in me through the disciples' message. Every time you read the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Luke, the words uh, translated to Luke, the words that Mark wrote down, the Gospel of John, you are reading the words of Jesus. Are our prayers that these words will advance the kingdom of God? Most of my prayers are about my will be done. This is about thy will be done. Jesus, take church, take podcasts, take Bible verses, take bumper stickers, take all that stuff that we see and use it to advance your glory. Now, I don't mean all bumper stickers, obviously. I mean the ones that remind us about who Jesus is and tell us bits of truth from the Gospels. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Are you praying for God's kingdom to advance? What would it look like for, not, for us not to pray for God to allow an official to win an election, but rather for God to advance his kingdom through whoever wins? What would it look like for us to pray not for God to allow the deal to go through or for us to get the job, but for God to use whatever happens to advance his kingdom? Does God care about elections and does God care about our jobs? Of course he does. And God may very well grant us what it is we've exactly wanted and wished for. But the bigger prayer is, will you advance your kingdom? So two prayers so far. God, will you protect those I lead from the evil one? Will you advance your kingdom? And finally, and this is the big one, will you unify us 
Look what he says. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me, because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Jesus is saying, Father, you know how close you and I and the Holy Spirit are? Would you make the church that way? Would you unify them so much that they see beyond political divisions? They see beyond perspectives and preferences of music styles and suits and pulpits, Bible translations, stained glass windows? Would you allow them to see past what it is that they prefer when it comes to teaching styles? Would you allow them to see past denominational backgrounds and historical differences? And God, would you allow them to see past skin colors and heritage? God, would you unify them? Would you unify them together so that they'll be as close as we are and, and so that the world will see them and know the truth about me. Isn't that amazing? That if we get our act together and get unified, the world will look at us and say, wow, they must have something figured out. I got to be honest, over the course of COVID, over the course of the election, I don't think there were many people that looked at the church and thought, boy, you guys have something that I want. I'm afraid they looked at us and they saw fear. They saw anger. They saw social media rants. I pray they look at us and they see unity. God, will you unify us? Not long ago, I was lamenting to one of my podcast guests that I think our entire church is split 50-50 when it comes to the election. And he said to me, well, you know, that's not a bad thing. That just means you're able to collect people from both sides of the aisle. In other words, you have a chance to not just be unified because you all agree, but be unified even when you disagree. Friends, that's my prayer for us. God, will you protect those I lead from the evil one? God, will you advance your kingdom? And God, will you unify us? That's my prayer. I'm going to ask you to join me on that one. Next week, we're going to have a great conversation with a guy who has written a book about dating and has written a book about adulting. And I got to tell you, it has helped out my family tremendously. You're not going to want to miss it. If you've got teenagers, this one is huge. It's all about helping teens become adults, date, and find a church they connect with. As always, keep leading simple, and we'll talk to you next time. Well, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe and make sure you share with a friend. Next week, we're going to have a special guest whose name is Jonathan Pakluda. 
He's a pastor and author, has a new book coming out on dating. Uh, You don't want to miss this, especially if you have young adults in your house. Maybe they're 16, 17, 26, 27. Uh, You don't want to miss this. And so thank you to Grominum and Stadia for sponsoring. And hey, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, uh, it's pretty cheap. And you can do that at rgeorge at reallifechurch.org. Just contact me there, rgeorge at reallifechurch.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you'll get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple. Learn.